All right. So that was the trues. I'm not ready to go from their acoustic album. My name is Jeff. I'm one of the regular hosts of this show. And I'm Anna, the irregular host. Yes. And we have a very irregular person as our guest today. I'm quite irregular. Yes, he's an outstandingly <laughs> irregular kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're talking to Keenan Harris today, the manager of the Royal and Baker. Yep. And the reason we asked Keenan to come in is because... He's so cool. Well, we noticed that he kind of does things in his own special way. I, I definitely don't... Uh abide by any kind of rule book that's that's for sure and and you're quite young despite your ample facial hair yeah and uh, apparently my deep voice Somebody yeah i thought i was actually like 40 the other day which, yeah but uh, you're actually only 18 right i am actually 14 ah uh, well that's <laughs> your maturity level and, <laughs> and making my way up the bar management scale uh, very young, very young. Mm -hmm. But you're not even 30, are you? No, I'm 25. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah you don't look 25. I definitely don't. No. I, hopefully I don't act too much like it, at least, uh, well, within I, reason. I'd say, okay, you're 25, but you seem like you're a bit of an old soul. You've been around the block already, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. Uh, I've lived a few lives already, I think. Mm -hmm. So you have sort of a... Uh, an interesting philosophy that I noticed when you're running the bar, and, and that is to be very um, sensitive to the people in the community that maybe are less privileged. Absolutely. Um, I've seen some stuff. I You guys do a collection plate on the church night. Yeah. And um, so I wondered, like, what in your life made you... Um, I think, I mean, really it comes down to... Uh just how I was brought up. I have wonderful parents that just taught me, uh, you know, the difference between uh, what you earn and what you're given and that some people are just not given that much. And if you are able to earn it, you should probably try and help them out. Um, also has to do with just uh, a lot of my mentors through uh, starting out in the hardcore and punk scene and the hip hop culture and all of the music uh, that I was around was uh, very uh, politically charged and, very uh, just open to accepting and helping people, especially uh, when they're under certain, uh, you know, uh, bigotry that uh, our society can sometimes face, especially being a, a young kid and listening to punk music and hanging out with, you know, older guys that are fully tattooed and right. you start walking down the street and people start looking at you different, not knowing that you're actually a pretty nice person. Um, so I think, uh, just realizing that people often put judgments, uh, ahead of actually getting to know people. And, uh, and also, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I guess who I am. I just prefer to help people more than, uh, hurt them, I guess. And how did you end up? I like hurting them actually, but <laughs> it's just a different way of approaching life. Well, it's easy to herd people, too. Ah, yes, yes, especially when they're oh, sheep. They are sheeple. Sheeple, mm -hmm. yeah. The cattle yeah. Mm -hmm. will flock. Definitely. Yes, <laughs> mm -hmm. that does happen. But not the listeners of our show. Oh, oh no. They wouldn't be listening they if they were sheeple. They are highly intelligent. <laughs> I believe it. Yes. <laughs> All of you intelligent people out there. Mm -hmm. um, so, did you grow up in Nelson, Keenan? Uh, no, I grew up in uh, St. Albert, 
just outside of Edmonton, Alberta. Okay. Oh, my and, condolence. Uh, I mean, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, I, you know what? That's a fair point. I remember some winters. We hit the negative 55 yeah. before the wind chill one year. Yeah. And I, like, nobody left their house. Yeah. Was, okay, we're, we're giving up on everything for the next week. You're mm-hmm. not getting groceries. You're mm-hmm. eating canned beans for the next while. Mm-hmm. Nobody's walking Even if outside. they're frozen beans, yeah, too, well, right? Yeah, well, they were because, yeah. you know. Everything was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, everything was. <laughs> My parents actually are just about to move to St. Albert. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a lovely little place. It's, uh, it's just cold. Just very, very cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I have fond memories of growing up there. And uh, then when I was about 12 years old, I moved to uh, Lethbridge, Alberta. Uh, windy, windy city, and cold. the windy city. Yeah, oh. uh, not mm-hmm. quite as cold. It was actually, I mean, compared to growing up in St. Albert, it was light years really? hotter. It was mm. amazing. You were like, oh, we get only this much snow. Wonderful. That's that's, that's only right. because it blows into Saskatchewan. Exactly. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I re- takes my memories of of Lethbridge are having to hold on to the light standards in order to not be blown over. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've definitely seen a few children and dogs in the middle of a field just kind of blowing away and you can't really do anything you're like oh there they go i once had to chase my niece actually i literally i believe it from (laughs) being blown over and uh and then starting to roll and i was like (laughs) diving on her yeah well what's kind of funny too is is that the toilet is always flushing there too right because the the wind is just howling just and it. yeah and it's just bizarre well it's true the the first time i stayed at my brother's house when he used to live in the crow's nest pass oh yeah and i remember waking up in the middle of the night thinking somebody's got a very weak bladder because the toilet kept flushing mm-hmm. and i asked him about it the next morning and he said oh no that's the suction over the the vent pipe Oh, that the wind is blowing hard and it sucks the water out of the toilet up the vent. That yes, he was just lying to you. He no. had a problem with his yeah, bladder. No. <laughs> yeah. It was brutal. Oh, and and you could sit. It always made me actually a little bit nervous because they had a big picture window facing west, which yep. was the wind direction most of the time, and you could see it bowing. Oh yeah, in oh, like yeah. flexing. <laughs> All day, every day. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I think the world record for hang gliding, or was it paragliding, was set there. The guy was aloft mm-hmm. for something Lethbridge. like 26 or 27 hours. Wow. Could you imagine just hanging there for just, over a day? Just Have a out. nap. Man, oh <laughs> man. Yeah. If I did that, something like that, I'd have to have like three pots of coffee in the thermos. Just so I yeah. could stay awake, right? Uh, he yeah. probably had a couple energy bars. Yeah. You yeah. know, taking a bite every every time he f- really feels it. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, Interesting so place. You, you moved from St. Albert to Lethbridge. Yeah, and then uh, I moved, uh, well, I mean, I spent a little bit of time, uh, I, I spent a lot of time traveling. I lived in Japan briefly, and uh, then I moved to Nelson about uh, just over a year and a half ago. What brought you to Japan? Uh, Japan, my father was actually uh, teaching over there. He's a oh. professor at the University of Lethbridge. Okay. Um, he was the dean of sociology, and uh, but he was teaching over in Japan. I went along with him. And so this was around. There. This is the, around the time of Fukushima, or what? Is this uh, why you've got a certain glow about your oh, personality? No, not, quite, not quite. I'm not that old yet. All right. All right. Um, I, that would have been. Uh, let me think. That would have been about ten years ago. Was it really? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, I am so, getting old. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But Ten yeah, years. Was, that was a great time, and uh, 
yeah, just moved out here about a year and a half ago, and I've managed to uh, meet some really wonderful people and mm-hmm. uh, have some uh, pretty good opportunities mm-hmm. and uh, making myself a nice little life here so far. So what brought you to Nelson in the first place? Uh, well, originally, I actually moved here with uh, my now ex-girlfriend, who's a wonderful person. Um, a lot of that uh, good happens, answer. actually, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, wonderful person. We moved out here together. She was going to school. And, uh, you know, we just parted ways and uh, no hard feelings. We're, uh, but I decided to stay because I've, uh, yeah, I've met some really wonderful people here. Cool. And uh, the job and the actual ability to help in the community here is definitely something that uh, has kept me here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you have a particular passion about homelessness. Yeah. Right? Well, And uh, with the women's uh, shelter as well. Well, yeah, through myself and uh, through the Royal, uh, you know, yep. because I'm there, yeah. we've uh, built some fairly strong ties with the uh, Homeless Outreach Center mm-hmm. uh, and as well as Stepping Stones. And uh, actually, I just, uh, just left a meeting about an hour and a half ago uh, with the Women's Center. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just trying to build... Uh, you know, a stronger sense of community and realize uh, the potential we have to help as many people as we can while still fostering uh, a good and viable business. But, uh, you know, I I don't think you can have a good and viable business if you're not supporting the communities around you. Exactly. It's a a scratch your back kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You you can't expect people to support you if you're not supporting them. Do you think that there's an issue with people simply giving lip service to it instead of actually following through and helping? Absolutely. I think there's, uh, I mean, this is something I've, I've talked about often is that a lot of people in this day and age like to, uh, say that they support something, you know, they'll, Oh, uh, put on a ribbon or change their Facebook status or something. And or abuse an athletic support. Yeah. <laughs> Little little attempted humor there. I missed Sorry. that one. I don't All know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they'll you know they'll they'll do these things that say I support this cause. Right. But they're not actually ever willing to put in some legwork and and do so and not I mean supporting a cause and spreading awareness is 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 a wonderful thing to do. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. you know talk down on that. But I just find that you know if if you're if you're really trying to support a cause, you can volunteer. You can run events you can donate money you can you can do more than say i care yeah you can show you care and throwing two bucks into someone's hat when they're busking on the street is not really taking care of them either is it oh not necessarily i mean i've always i've never really been one for uh like giving money to panhandlers at all i've always said you know do you need some food yeah because at the end of the day yes i'd much rather give somebody food than just money, but yeah, I mean, to each their own. Once again, mm-hmm. uh, and some people, you know what? Who am I to say that uh, you know if you're sitting on the street, you don't have a home? Maybe you just want to get drunk tonight. I've had pretty shitty days. Sorry, maybe I can't say shifty that. days. I've that, had that's shifty what we days. Call it. Yeah, um, <laughs> shifty days when uh, you know maybe I just want to go home and have a couple beers. Yeah, who am I to say that that guy doesn't deserve the same thing? Maybe you just want to kick back, have a beer, yeah. look at the sunset, and you know, have a moment of hope. <laughs> well, and that's the beauty of giving them actual money because it empowers them to spend it on exactly. whatever it is that their soul needs, right? Exactly. So why do you think there are so many homeless people that live in Nelson as opposed to really any other community in the Kootenays or the rest of the country? Um, well, I think uh, 
I think in a weird way it does have to do with uh, well one the climate. It's yeah. a little easier uh, to be homeless or without a home here. Yeah. Um, and two, there's just kind of a transient vibe to Nelson that makes it uh, almost more romantic for people traveling through. It's it's almost yeah. a destination yeah. for people to you know visit or at least uh, travel through and maybe even just you know lay their head there. So, well, it's a little more gentle here too, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't see people who are busking, for example, getting harassed by the the federales or yeah. whatever, right? No, the federales have been really incommunicado lately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, depends on how many federales you actually see. I guess. <laughs> it's yeah. been a while. I actually haven't even heard that word in quite some time. So. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Am I showing my age? Uh, that I'm no, over 26. You're over 26. You don't look well, day over 25. Well, my maturity is definitely <laughs> around there, but anyway. So, so oh, you guys actually kind of meet in the middle then. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So together we're 35. Yeah. Yeah, that That's that better. works. Yeah. That works for me. Sure, sure. <laughs> so you had a background in music as well. So what did you do in your career in that? Uh, well, your, your long career of <laughs> 25 years. Yeah. Well, I put on my first. Uh, I put on my first show when I was uh, 14, I believe. 13, 14. Okay. Um, and I've just kind of been putting on concerts ever since. Uh, it was. I moved from uh, St. Albert down to Lethbridge, and the punk and hardcore shows that I was starting to get into, I realized that there wasn't actually as much happening in Lethbridge. Okay. So I kind of put the onus on myself to make it happen and uh, there was other people as well but just building that community up and it, it once you got a part-time job and didn't really care about where your money was going you could yeah. uh, you know afford to lose two hundred dollars to pay a touring band to come through and uh, I mean I lost a lot of money <laughs> putting on uh, <laughs> punk and hardcore and metal shows and mm-hmm. hip-hop shows over the years but it's all been really worth it I've had a really great time I've also made some money on occasion mm-hmm um, and it's the experience. It's exactly. like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Well, and I've right? met, uh, I've met some of the best people in my entire life and I've got, I've got friends really anywhere I go now. Right. Uh, just through, you know, touring bands and booking shows and playing in my own bands. And you have your own private net or private yeah. B&B network. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's yeah. really cool. Like mm-hmm. I can go pretty much anywhere in the States at this point and I'll cool. know somebody's nearby at least and the question is do you want to go to the states uh always i'm actually heading to la in june oh cool nice little vacation for me all right yeah but uh i don't know i the state's political climate is not uh ideal no No. but uh but i still enjoy the people in some places especially philadelphia okay Um, philly and la have always had a really great time so so where in california are you going uh, we're going straight to Los Angeles. Okay. Um, but we are stopping in Anaheim for a night as well. Okay. No. You going ever to been to Topanga World? Canyon? Have you we, ever been? No, I have not. Oh, you have to check it out. Yeah. It's kind of like a mini Kootenays. Huh. You go there and it's, yeah. It, it's kind, it's wedged between. Uh, we do between, have a couple of days where we don't really have plans yet, so that uh, might be. You got to definitely check it out. Check it out. It's, it's wedged right between LA and Malibu of all oh, okay. places. Where, or I guess Santa Monica and Malibu. Oh, okay, well, yeah, that's. It's like Quick this track. little skinny canyon that's full of hippies. <laughs> it's crystal shops and, you oh, know, dear. it's just hilarious. It is, it, too many crystal shops and I start getting, like, 
I well, to shake it's the vibe, though. I mean, it's yeah. definitely <laughs> like being in Nelson. So yes. when you're there, you may think, hey, I wouldn't mind a couple hours of the old vibe that I just came from. So yeah. that's that's the place yeah, to go. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Except you probably don't find a lot of punk uh, there. <laughs> well, I I mean, it's funny because I and uh, my staff always always uh, makes fun of me when I uh, when I walk in. They're like, oh, here's the resident uh, metalhead punk guy that right. walks in. I'm like, I really don't even listen to punk anymore. I've been listening to hip-hop for a long time and pretty much just hip-hop and folk at this point. So Yeah. But uh, You look like kind of an ABBA kind of guy. Oh, or, yeah. yeah. All okay. about the ABBA. Yeah. He bugs me about ABBA all the time. I've uh-huh. hated ABBA my whole life. Take a chance on me, baby. Take a chance on me. I think me. I actually read the other day that ABBA is reuniting. Are you serious? I think ABBA is reuniting and making new music. I'm pretty positive on oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, in all of your experiences, uh what do you think were the say the top three things that you did that made you who you are today? I know that's a pretty <laughs> pretty big question, and you know um, it's just it it intrigues me. Well, if we get uh, really deep, um, I actually uh, just announced an event today. Yeah, that uh, is honoring uh, a friend of mine who passed away, who was uh, a mentor of mine, kind of brought me into promoting hip hop. Uh, some years ago, and uh, he passed away after a show that we were doing. Um, yeah, very. Uh, he ha- had heart failure that night. How old he was, was he? Uh, he was thirty-three, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was definitely not uh, old. And uh, yeah, we uh, we he was among all his friends doing what he loved and. Good way to but, go. Yeah, good way to go. But uh, that kind of left uh, this huge hole in the in the Lethbridge hip hop scene, which I tried to. I think I tried to replace it. I tried to keep it going for him. Right. But it was something that was so a part of him mm-hmm. that once he passed away, the music passed away. Mm-hmm. And having to accept that sometimes you're not going to be able to fix everything is uh, a big. Uh, lesson to learn right and uh, definitely a big one for me to learn at that time was that you can't fix everything and Mm -hmm. uh, there's some things that are just gonna suck and you've got to accept them exactly Um, that's a big lesson to learn at whatever young age you were at at that point I believe I was around 21 at that time 22 Mm -hmm. I don't really understand my ages anymore well, it's I didn't all. Even know it was Tuesday today. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing you remember. Took, yeah, it took I'm, me I'm till glad noon. you remembered. Well, I, I, everything's. If I didn't have my phone and my calendar, my head would just, yeah. just be spinning all day. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Atlee, our son, says smartphones make you stupid, hmm. and I have to say that it's kind of made me a bit stupid. <laughs> but but I agree. It's nice. It's something that you can have in your hand, and it reminds yeah. you of all the things you need to do. Yeah. yeah. Stop wondering yeah. if there wasn't something you were supposed to be doing today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm just constantly doing so much that if I didn't have a a calendar or something telling me what I've had to do at that time, there's no way right. I would get everything done in a day. So. Right. So aside from your losing your friend, yeah. What else made you as socially conscious as you are? Um, I think music 
just in general. I mean, I grew up listening to Black Flag and Public Enemy and very politically charged uh, things, which, I mean, my dad is a political science teacher. If if you got if it he honestly. didn't uh, if he didn't uh, drill into me every kind of uh, you know philosopher and you know political war and right. you know giant political figures and everything that's happened in history at right. a very young age, I definitely wouldn't be as uh, socially aware as I am. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. You know, there's I've been asking myself in the last while because it seems to me that. Quite often, when we have the best of intentions and we we try to bring our children up in in a way that um, they don't suffer, mm. and we hope that by not like by protecting them from suffering, somehow they will learn to be sensitive to suffering in other people. But so often they become insensitive instead. Mm. And I was just writing a piece about how do you bring up children with empathy and respect without abusing them. Mm. Because so often privileged kids seem to come out just spoiled <laughs> and insensitive. Well, this is true. I mean, there's something to be said about character building. But uh, at the same time, I mean, I mean, it's obviously a difficult question, but I think as a society, we need to do better. We can't leave the onus on yeah. individual parents. We need, as a society, to be teaching, you know, we need to teach men about consent. We need to teach uh, women about their empowerment. We need to teach uh, individuals just how to stay off the streets, how to provide for themselves. We need to teach this as a society, not just as one person, mm-hmm. not as a pair of people. Yeah. Because, you know what? People are people. People will make mistakes, and you never know which mistake is going to lead you on a bad path. But society itself can actually make a difference. So, I mean, I think it's on the onus on all of us to actually make a difference in the overall aspect and not uh, focus on the individual teachings. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your generation is getting it figured out more than... Previous um, generations? No. No? <laughs> I, 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 well, I mean, I think there's definitely some. Um, I, I do find that the people younger than me are really actually starting to get it. Um, but And that's what we say all the time. <laughs> my, my specific generation, generation and yeah. age range here, I've, I mean, there's a, a very insane... Uh, lack of I guess you would say empathy um, but more more so just a lack of understanding and and knowledge not not that it's uh, not like it's a, a dumber generation or anything it's mm-hmm. just the knowledge is there but people aren't actually attaining it or seeking it out it seems like a lot of the time the whole spoon-fed thing yeah like people have been given so much and don't actually really take the time to sit down and and actually think this about is the it. exact thing i've been thinking about is yeah. you know because i think um so you're talking about you would be my child's age yeah. but my two sons are 26 and 28 yeah. and but you're only 29 dear yeah i know but <laughs> I, I was an early parent mm-hmm. um 
But, I won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. It was it was a miracle birth. Um, but I think that the problem was that that we were very suddenly aware of our own suffering, and we we wanted our children to have everything, and we mm. were kind of at the end of the baby boomer yeah. stretch. So things were still going well, and a lot of us had the means to provide yeah. very well for our kids. But somehow the empathy piece got left out. Well, there is something to be said about that. Is that you know, our our generations just in general have been almost going against what the previous generation did. So, mm-hmm. you know, you yeah. have the hard pendulum times. swing exactly, and it swings yeah. all the way to the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it it makes complete sense that uh, you try to be completely different while ending up you know, uh, bringing about the same kind of problems or just different problems, but in the same kind of ways. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you think that the, the generation coming up after you is somehow, I mean, I just, it looks like it because I think, I mean, this, (laughs) this is a weird thing. I was, I was telling somebody the other day, I'm kind of glad that Trump is in power because it's really showing like how, screwed up everything is. is and yeah like how young people are really starting to notice yeah how really messed up some of this stuff is like yeah thank you for controlling your verbiage by the way because i can see it <laughs> yeah it's i can see it in your eyes and the like smoke a, is coming a, out of your ears <laughs> i'm like no yeah no, stop it yeah <laughs> no we've said the, the exact we've said it many same times. thing that in in a twisted sort of way he's a blessing yeah because he is... As long as we outlast... Yeah, <laughs> yeah this good, is true. This is true. As yeah, long like as he it, doesn't it almost, completely uh, drive us into the, the toilet. dark before the dawn kind of thing. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's got to get worse before it gets better kind of adage. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes in order to know what we do want, we got to get a belly full of what we don't Absolutely. want. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what we're experiencing right now. Yeah, because I mean, there's... This just I personally I can see how much further down we could go. I oh mean, yeah. This is, I mean, at least in my lifetime, this is the bleakest it's looked. I would say. Um, in my lifetime, this yeah. is the bleakest yeah. it's looked. So, but I mean, on the other side of the of the coin, though, the the opposite is happening. I mean, because people are galvanizing together, mm-hmm. and because we're seeing images of people suffering because of our collective mania. Yeah. Um. We are developing a softer heart, a softer perspective, I yeah. think, anyway. I mean, you see it in the news feed. I mean, they're talking about people who are actually standing up against the Trump administration, for well, example. Standing up against uh, New Age Nazis. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it's 2018, and we have people walking around literally yeah. uniformed as Nazis, and somehow... Yeah, the mainstream media is still like, no, they're not Nazis. Like, yeah, Yeah. are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty sure they're yeah. Yeah. The swastika on the shoulder thing. Yeah, that that was the dead giveaway. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, at at this particular junction, I think we need to break up the the flow a little bit here and play a tune. This tune right here has really been at the forefront of my mind and I don't know if you've ever heard of the artist because you're just a pop. Her name is <laughs> Melissa Melissa Etheridge. I'm Melissa Etheridge. Melissa okay, well, <laughs> this track, I think it's from her latest album. It's called Respect Yourself. And I think it's 
the right time to exactly share this what tune. We're talking about exactly. So we're, I'll hit play, and then we'll be back with Keenan, the man, Keenan. You're listening to Shift Happens Empower Hour. My name is Jeff, and I'm Anna, and we're talking to Keenan. Hello. Respect yourself, baby. Respect yourself. Isn't that a great tune? It is. I listened to the lyrics of that one this morning and went, wow. Originally actually... done by Bruce Willis, of all people. By Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis. Wow. Yeah, not from, what I was expecting. From like 1985 yeah. or something. I actually but... found a Bruce Willis vinyl once. <laughs> oh, did you? It was like five cents in uh, this <laughs> old uh, vinyl store in Calgary. And I was like... Yeah, I'm going to buy this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Price Still is right. somewhere. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's got this song on it. Yeah, maybe. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'd prefer a Melissa's version. I, yeah, I feel like that's probably... <laughs> yeah. Well, it helps yeah. that she's Canadian, too, eh? Can yeah. Con. Oh, yeah. Can Con. Yay, exactly. Can Con. All day, every day. Exactly. So, I wanted to... All right. At roughly the same age, I, I did something similar. And I kind of wanted to ask you about, okay, the the whole tattoo thing, like the appearance of that particular music scene, for example. And I know for myself, like I went through this, you know, rebellious stage where I I didn't do the tattoo thing, but I dressed in black and, and the full beard and all the other stuff. And I was still a cream puff. On the inside. Yeah. And it's obvious to me that you're the same. I'm soft as hell. Yeah. So <laughs> explain the whys of, well, well, it's actually the it's, appearance. It's beautiful in Nelson because this is uh, one of the first places I've lived where people don't look at me as I'm walking down the street and like run right. over to the other side <laughs> or judge me. I'm like an elderly woman, like seven years old, I'm walking by her the other day and she's like, hey, how are you? I'm like... Uh, good. Uh, like, I, was, I was so confused. I was, I'd never been yeah. confronted with that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess it's just once again, it's part of the punk community, the hip hop community. It's just tattoos are just another way of expressing yourself. And I just, yeah, I really love the art. Um, mm-hmm. It's always just been a part of my own personal style, I guess. For me, I mean, and I don't know if you'll agree with this, but I had this outer shell this this mask that i had on the outside and it was almost like a test to see if someone was willing to look deeper Mm. to see beyond what they were judging and actually get to know me as a person and realize that i am not what you assume that Um, i am i I think that's possible yeah um Mm -hmm. i mean i think that's a little deeper than i actually am i think uh with me, I'm kind of what you see is what you get. Right. Um, obviously, much deeper layers because I'm still I have a, what uh, some people would call a, a just standing ass face. You know, just everybody. You can know, say that. Like I just I don't look overly friendly if I'm just standing on the street. I have kind of a resting face that just looks a little annoyed oh. or something like that, but. I shaved I'm a off. Guy. <laughs> I shaved my beard off because I looked really mean. Uh, 
Yeah. And, you know, my, my eyes are relatively intense as well. Yeah. And the combination of the two, I scared the shift out of a lot of people yeah. back in the day. Yeah. So I went clean shaven and yeah. I just figured, you know, why push their buttons or whatever. But well, as a bar manager and a bouncer. Yeah, uh, that's a good thing to do. I kind of, uh, it's easier to uh, ask somebody to leave than to throw them out of the door. Right. And it's easier to not throw somebody out of the door when you look the way I do. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've I've definitely had uh, a lot of instances where I've had to use my physicality as any bar I've ever been in. But uh, right. if, if I looked like a pushover, it'd probably be a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wondered if if you get cynical as a bouncer because you're dealing with people kind of at their worst. You get cynical. I mean, I think it's easy to get cynical pretty much anywhere in this life, but uh yeah, I definitely there's some nights where you see uh, some just more troubling things and deal with some pretty uh pretty deplorable behavior uh in general and and it can get you down a little bit, but mm-hmm. you also have those nights where you meet just some of the best people you'll ever meet. I mean, I've like when I've you met made, us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Scotch on the rocks. All right. I like you already. <laughs> um, but I've I've got friends that started out as just regulars at my bar. Right. Like lifelong friends. Right. Uh, one of them has actually just bought a house outside of town from my old bar like four years ago. Cool. And uh, kept in touch and mm-hmm. yeah, like people like that that uh, you know you I I have. 100% connected with people across six feet of wood more than I have in a lot of other circumstances. Well, it, it kind of reminds me of the of the television show Cheers, Cheers. right? I mean, you've got the bartender that's standing there and Absolutely. he's, he's but, uh, doling out the elixir or whatever, but as people imbibe, yep. they become more liberal in yeah. their well, a conversation, a right? Well, only about 20% of their job is to pour yeah. drinks. Yeah. The other 80% is being a confidant, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a therapist, uh, mm-hmm. a life advice counselor. <laughs> you're, you're a little bit of everything. And there's a fine line too, I'm sure you'll, you'll oh, agree. When you know someone has had a few too many or yeah. they're getting close to that, Okay, they may be asking you for more, but yeah. you are your brother's keeper. Absolutely. Especially with the laws in, in BC, oh, right? Absolutely. And there's there's people, I mean, I've cut people off, uh, just last week I cut somebody off, that probably, like, they weren't too intoxicated, yeah. but I know who they are and, yeah. you know, I know the, the tipping point of when they're, they're fine and then they're going to just go way too hard whether it's at my bar or somebody else's bar. Right. And so I cut them off really early, and they were pretty upset with me. But I was like, mm-hmm. hey, like, this is for your own damn good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, okay, speaking of bar, I noticed when I used to hang out in the bars years ago that I, I learned, okay, I would sit at the back of the room, and the people that were ordering beer, for example, Generally, I mean, if they get overly intoxicated, they're just sloppy drunks. Yeah. Same thing with other forms of alcohol. But I noticed that whenever someone was drinking Jack Daniels, yeah. <laughs> Tennessee was. So you noticed that too? Uh, I I don't know what it is, but 
uh, whiskey in general seems to be that kind of uh, mix for some people. Yeah. And I can't say all people because right. I'm a whiskey drinker and mm-hmm. it's very rare that uh, something like that will happen to me. Like I, mm-hmm. Jameson's meat, I'll be happy all night. Mm-hmm. So, but, but you but have I noticed have that tendency. Uh, I've definitely experienced the, you know, get a few rise in them and they start to get a little... Mm-hmm angry or a little more aggressive and it's like whoa where did that come from mm-hmm. but i think alcohol just affects different people in different ways right it's i mean you got to know yourself and what you can handle but it's also you know the bartender's job to yeah know what's going to affect you and how to deal with it when it does mm-hmm. so so are you a incredible mixologist Do you know like a thousand drinks uh i know quite a few i've worked yeah. at a few cocktail bars i've kind of done every kind of bar by now right uh, done some cocktail bars fine dining craft beer joints what about performance bartending you done that too no never did the uh the cocktail the cocktail flipping bottles bottles. yeah yeah i've got a good friend that has done that in town here but uh no never never was my bag okay i I was always really into bartending not that much into juggling so (laughs) right Except like juggling appointments, yeah. juggling appointments and yeah. dates with with uh, yeah, the women in your life. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if you've worked in that many bars in in your oh seven years since you've yeah. been legal, so ancient. How wow. how did you manage this? Um, I actually my first bartending job I got I was uh, you were fourteen. I was I was eleven actually. No, <laughs> um, I I was eighteen at the time. No, I was actually well. Yeah, you know I was to admit 18. It. Yeah, you yeah, were yeah. 18. Quote unquote. Quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. uh, for legal purposes. But I was actually head chef uh, at a place. And I got the head chef job because my head chef had quit like two weeks before that. And then uh, one day my main bartender didn't show up and no bartender could show up. So I was just like, okay, I guess I'm just running the whole thing today. So I went up and just learned to bartend that day. And then I was like, oh, this is. I like this better. <laughs> and then I just uh, kept kept going. And then, uh, yeah, ended up uh, being pretty decent at it and got a few manager's jobs and a few supervising jobs throughout the years at a few different places and started making my own menus and cocktail menus. And mm-hmm. then I'm here. Are you sure you didn't slip 10 years in there somewhere? Yeah, I know. I should have, <laughs> like, but no. I, I you time traveled. I, I just kind of got lucky, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it helps to... To have the the mental capacity and the emotional maturity, mm. right? So, I mean, I did the same thing when yeah. I was younger. When I was 12, I mean, it's actually kind of funny. I went to visit some relatives that were living in Calgary. Yep. And I'm standing out on the balcony at the apartment and just having a drink, whatever. And the neighbor comes over and he says... As we were talking for five, ten minutes. So he said, so how many kids do you have? And I went, I'm 12. <laughs> so I was really old at, at an early age. Yeah. But as I grew older, that's when I became immature. And that's why I was so attractive to Anna. <laughs> because of that. Makes sense. Right? I have no idea what to say to that. <laughs> Anyway, I actually got asked the other day, like, how are my kids? And I was like, uh, I th- they're good. <laughs> they're not, a, they're not mm-hmm. real. Around so I guess yet? They're, 
they're good. In uh, utero, they're they're hanging there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're fine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just took me by surprise because it wasn't like, do you have kids? It was, how are your kids? Just assuming right away that, that I have, have kids. And I was yeah. Like, oh. So in a way, I mean, it's an honor when when people see you as being older than you actually are. Until you hit <laughs> I was an age say, where you're going, you don't want to be that until, old. Until like I'm 25 now and I look 35, so when I'm 55, I'll look dead. Is, that, well, is that no? Actually, if you shave your beard, you'll look like you're 18. Yeah, actually, that's true. I have, right? I have very fair baby face. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how you yeah. make yourself look. Younger. Actually, I was the same. I, yeah. I okay. I don't really want to admit this, but I. I was going to bars for a couple of years before I was legal. It was Man, all totally of these, easy. These public sharings of, yeah, of deep yeah, secrets. I, I looked way <laughs> older than my age when I was young. Mm-hmm. And now I apparently look younger than my age. So go figure. Maybe <laughs> it's, it's not. I, I celebrated my 18th birthday in a bar that I had been a regular for for like three or four years. Same here. Well, for two they years. They were so mad at me. I know. <laughs> and I was like, it's my birthday. And then I I should have edited after that. But yeah. when they asked me, oh, 18. And yeah. dead silence. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you know, oh, the you total glare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, they can get into a lot of trouble, oh, yeah. too, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. And, I yeah. mean, uh, I don't know that when I'm young. Now I'm a bartender. I'm like, oh, I was the worst person ever. Like, yeah. <laughs> I should not have done that. They were yeah. so close to getting a large fine. <laughs> so before we end the interview, I'd kind of like to get an idea of what you see as the future for yourself in 10 years or 20 when you hit that 35-year-old yeah. ancient mark in your life. Um. I, I try not to look too far ahead. I, I find when people start making grandiose five, ten-year plans, they actually start to lose contact with uh, the present and the reality. Yeah. Um, all I can really say is that I hope I'm still doing something that makes me happy and uh, makes other people happy. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I'm doing that, then I'm doing all right. So, Very good answer. There's a... Uh, a saying that goes, if you have one foot in the past and one foot in the future, all you end up doing is peeing, this is a much more graphic term, <laughs> in the present. And it's true, yeah. right? All we have is the moment. Yeah. And so seizing those moments, right? Like It's got to be quite an intuitive process when you're a bartender or a bouncer it's knowing, okay, is this person no. just misbehaving and are they going to calm down no, yeah. or do I have to step in here? Yeah. And, and it's really kind of cool. I mean, as, a, as someone who, I mean, I used to uh, frequent bars okay, in my younger days and you never attribute high intelligence to the bouncer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Because they're a big, big guy, whatever, and you don't think they're very smart. But, what I found is okay. Like for example, at at the Church of Good Times, yeah. you've got what's Chris's last name? Uh, Chris. Uh, he works for you. You should know his last I name. I know. I should know his last name. I'm so bad. It's because you got put name. on the spot. I, I put you on the spot. But yeah. <laughs> but I mean, this guy's like Hemingway. Johnson. Johnson. Chris Johnson. Okay. Yeah. He is brilliant. Yeah. One of the smartest people I ever met. And and it and it's true. Being a bouncer and having a bouncer like that is so it makes your life so much easier because they can assess the situation so properly exactly and, like you don't have to resort to 
anything unnecessary mm-hmm. when you have that kind of intellect. And and it's like you said, you're you're looking into the future a little bit. Yeah, you're looking five ten minutes into the future to be like, where is this person mm-hmm. heading for this night? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's a great way to look at things, and it's it's an asset uh, mm-hmm. in this industry for sure. You must have watched a few times. Uh, the Patrick Swayze film. You know the Roadhouse? one I'm talking about? Roadhouse, oh, yeah. yeah. I've Excellent wa- I've show. watched some Roadhouse. I've watched some Swayze in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's a great actor. But oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So we're coming to the close. I know you want to share a tune with a the collective. We have a hip-hop tune. Um, yeah, actually, uh, this band, uh, they're kind of a garagey punk rock band out of Calgary. Uh, we just had them play the other night, and I think they kind of uh, typify more of the the just uh, musicianship and just kind of positive vibes that uh, the new Royal is moving towards. Okay. Um, it was a really great show. People had a lot of fun, and uh, the band is super talented, and they're still Canadian, so we got that KingCon going. Still. They're still <laughs> Canadian, eh? Oh, but before we play this i i just wanted to give you a chance because we've got yep. like two minutes i wanted to give you a chance to plug anything that's Absolutely. going on that you want to do um well this weekend we do have a couple of really great shows we've got uh, uh a really awesome party that's going to be happening on saturday night we're going to have uh, a couple of our australian friends uh joey and warwick um spend some decks we're going to have kind of a pajama cool. party it's going to be really fun uh we do have church coming up uh on this coming sunday so make sure you're there for that. Uh, if you haven't been to church yet, uh, the Church of Good Times, it's a good time. It's uh, mm-hmm. a very positive platform for a lot of entertainment, spoken word, philosophy, comedy, kind of whatever. We had a guy doing yo-yo last time. That was fantastic. Yeah, right. yeah what kind of a yo-yo was that? Uh, it was a, what did he call it? I think he called it a Chinese yo-yo or something like that, but it was really cool. It wasn't uh, actually he was really attached skilled. to the string. Yeah, it wasn't attached. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's just a really good time, good place to meet people, very positive environment, very supporting, and uh, yeah. Uh, what about your, your causes that you've got going on? Um, well, you will be hearing more about this in the future here. Uh, so we're actually doing kind of a cleaning house right now. All of our, uh, all of the clothing that we've found in our lost and found over the past two years, if you are still missing something, try and pick it up in the next week. Otherwise, it's being given away to the homeless shelter. I lost 10 grand. <laughs> oh, I didn't find that. Ah, uh, okay. Right. <laughs> um, we are going to be working uh, very heavily with the Women's Center over the next while, uh, planning a few events with them and just a, a better partnership in the future. Uh, we're also working on having uh, at our church sessions uh, just a few more pamphlets and out. Uh, sources and outreaches for anybody that is uh, maybe dealing with anything that, uh, you know, they could use a little help with. Um, right. Yeah, there's plenty of re- resources in Absolutely. town. Absolutely. There's lots of great resources. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to keep building uh, more relationships with more of the local businesses and more cool. of the local resources. So, yeah, I think that's all I really need to say. <laughs> well, it gives us a few minutes to play this track. It's called Stranger by Misha and the Spanks. Mm-hmm. But before we play that, we'd like to sign off and say that we enjoyed this show, and hopefully you guys out there in Radioland did too. 
Uh, yes, and next, so this is re-airing on when, or on Sunday, Sunday at, at 11, 11 o'clock, yeah. and coming up next week, we are going to be talking about the fact that we are all living in a virtual reality. Is it next week or two weeks from now? That's when Actually, we interview... next week we're talking to Beth about oh, okay. Tom Campbell and right. his theory of everything. And Tom Campbell is literally a rocket scientist. He has worked for NASA for yep. years. And he says we're living in a virtual reality. So yep. we're going to... Yeah. So let's play some virtual music here, dear. Mishan's Banks. And we're going to sign off. You've been listening to Shift Happens on Kootenai Co-op Radio. Let's do-